0: sports counterpoint sports counterpoints podcast excuse a uh we're back once again it is january the 9th 2020 uh your boy gb hosting got brian and coop on the lines what's up guys welcome back
1: thank you very much good
0: Good to be back as always we're um in the midst of football playoffs with these guys two teams actually playing in a, a meaningful game for the first time in my life um which is cool. And then we'll talk a little bit about the NBA, mainly focusing on the Warriors and the Lakers based on kind of where we live and, and the teams we watch. We'll talk about their potential draft picks or trades, any moves I guess they could make kind of going forward. And then we'll get into the NFL playoffs. So let's start, I say, with the Warriors. I'm in the Bay, as everybody well knows at this point. So we'll start with the Warriors. And we were just talking about this a little bit thinking, you know, with the way, with Curry being out, Clay being out, there's potentially they're going to have a top three pick. And so the question kind of here is, I guess, the state of the Warriors from from how you guys see it, and then we could kind of talk about, you know, what what could they do with that top three pick? Does it turn into a great player? They add a player to a potentially already good roster when those stars come back, or try and trade for, you know, a, a player who's already established. So, b start us off because you know way more about this than i and um uh, give us a little bit of background and kind of just let us know what you think
1: well so the, the warriors are most definitely going to have a top three pick minus steph coming back and you know doing a half a season of mvp quality uh playing uh there's just really no chance right they're the second worst uh, record in the league right now and that's because they have eight wins to someone else's seven um but uh So they're going to get a a top three pick based on their status. The question really for them is whether or not they should trade that that pick or if they should keep it and draft James Weissman. The whole entire conversation for the Warriors is around James Weissman. The rest of the guys who are at the top of the draft are guards, right? So they don't really need uh, a ball. They don't really need – you know, one of the kids, the, one of the top guys, like an Anthony Edwards out of Georgia. But this this Weisman kid, seven um, one out of Memphis. Obviously, we talked a little bit about him, I think, a, a while ago because Penny Hardaway, you know, gave him some money to help him relocate to Memphis years ago before he played in high school oh. with uh, as Penny as his coach. Okay, and and then went to went to Memphis with Penny, three, you know, three game or two games into his season. He was ruled ineligible they said that he could come back uh he came back for one game and then basically decided that it wasn't worth all of the hassles that he had to deal with with the ncaa Um, decided that he was going to declare left uh, school hired an agent and i believe is actually training in los angeles i'm not 100 on that but i believe he's actually training in los angeles this kid is really, really good. He's seven foot one. He's, a, a, he's supposed to be a freshman in, in college. He actually can shoot. Um, there's a little bit of question about his motivation and more, uh, motor, but he's really good. Um, so the question for the Warriors is is he good enough to help a team that once everybody's healthy, you know, Clay, Draymond, and Steph, and some of the other uh, people on the team that, they, that have stepped up in the absence? of, of all of their stars, are they going to Angela Russell? Um, are they going to be, is he going to be able to contribute or do they go the other route, trade him to Cleveland for a Kevin love, um, another big guy, someplace else. And that was one of the Kevin love was kind of the one that's been a hot topic because of all of his troubles, um, out in Cleveland or, um, but do they make a, make a move to try and get a piece? that fits with a veteran team immediately. But having said all of that, um, they need to trade that pick. Uh, James Weissman is awesome, and, and he's going to be a, likely going to be a very, very solid basketball player in the NBA. But he's come into the league with three games of, profe- of, of real basketball in a year and a half since the last time he played last year around this time um, in high school. And all of that to say, he also played high school basketball in Memphis now i they they played um a bunch of, of of ball um and they traveled around. They weren't playing the top teams they weren't playing the Sierra canyons they weren't playing the um the Hahas. they weren't playing the the uh the team down in Florida that dangelo russell and uh, Ben Simmons came from. They weren't playing those teams um they were somewhat local. They did some traveling and, and they won the state championship. So there's just no way that any team should expect that James Weissman is going to come in and compete with any of the big men, Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee's, you know, on the West, uh, on the West coast. Um, and then there's the real centers uh, out there on the West, not just the ones the Lakers kind of brought in on, on minimum deals. There's There's just no chance. So, um, in my opinion, they need to find a way to trade that. I think they will. Um, I don't know exactly who they'll get. There's been lots of speculation, um, and there's also the possibility that that Steve Kerr says, "Look, I can win with this team, and have a healthy, um, health, healthy Clay and healthy staff and Draymond. I've got enough there. Let's keep the pick, and 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 now we have our next generation." But but it, it seems to me to make more sense to go get. Um, Go get a a veteran player and and keep the dynasty alive one or two more seasons. Jason, what do you think?
0: Coop, did we lose you?
2: No, I'm
1: here. Yeah, I'm
2: sorry. So, um, yeah, I agree with Brian. Um, You trade that pick. Uh, I just see these guys aren't ready at, what, 17, 18, 19 years old, though they're the number one pick or – have one year of college, or in this case, three games. They're not ready to take over a team and or lead a team in the NBA so early. Um, I think I know we've had a conversation in the past about this. These guys aren't aren't seasoned like you know. You know I've heard them being compared to Tim Duncan, which is to me is absurd. Tim Duncan stayed four years in college. He would have been the number one pick after his sophomore and junior season, but he stayed seasoned this game and ended up being the number one pick his senior year. And we all know what kind of career uh, he had. Uh, staying in college can definitely help develop your game. But I mean, if you're going to be the number one pick or number two or three, or whatever I, I, you have to, I think you have to go to the league, whether you're ready or not. Um, the Warriors should definitely trade the pick. You don't win championships in the NBA with young guys. I know LeBron hates playing with young guys. He likes playing with veterans. And the reason why is they know the league, they know the game, they know how to play in the playoffs most likely, and uh, they can help you win championships. Cause it's just the history in this league that young guys, young teams, they just don't win. And he's supposed to be the number one pick. And I'm looking at these number one picks, uh, you know, since let's go since 2005. I mean, these are the names. Andrew Bogut, Andre Bargnani, Greg Oden, Derek Rose, Blake Griffin, John Wall, Kyrie. Only one because he was with LeBron. It's been a disaster since. Anthony Davis, he hasn't won by himself. He needs help himself. He needs to be a number two himself. Anthony Bennett, Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns, that's two back-to-back number one picks playing with each other, and they can't even make the playoffs. Ben Simmons, Markel Fultz, DeAndre Ayton, and Zion Williamson, who hasn't played a game. I mean, if all these teams were looking for these guys to change the fortune of their franchises, they're crazy. It's just not going to happen. These guys aren't ready after a year of college basketball to come take over the NBA. It's just not going to happen. So I agree with Brian. You definitely trade that pick to some you know, you know, it's one of those, you know, franchises that ain't never won an NBA title before and needs to give hope to their fran to their fan base, but has a good player that wants to leave and tries to win and wants to win. So the Warriors should do that. And that's how you, you know, start that or try to get that dynasty started back up again. You definitely trade that pick. You don't keep it. You give it to somebody who wants it. And we all know that they're gonna be suitors, especially if they got the number one and number two pick. They'll be suitors for that pick
1: the idea. Yeah, it's always nice when you agree with me. Um, <laughs> the one thing I would say is every single team that you listed and, and every single team that has had the top pick since uh, the Barnyanis and, and, and um,
2: 2005.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Odin's have sucked, Right. right. they were not it, the last time that you had a team. And that's why he gets compared to Tim Duncan is Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan's team was awesome. Right. Or sorry. Admiral's team was awesome. He got hurt. That team went down. They got Duncan added to a team that once he was healthy was awesome again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's so rare, right? And then the time before that, and you may know one that, that I'm missing in the middle, was when um, the Lakers got James Worthy back when they gave draft picks away for $5 and a stick yeah. of bubble gum. Right. So the Lakers were able to get James Worthy and add him to a championship team. It happens so rarely. I still wholeheartedly agree with what both of us are saying, that they should trade that pick and do what they can to try and keep that dynasty because they have a pretty solid team. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it, it's just – it, it, it there is a conversation around it because it's such a unique situation to have a yeah. team that within the, the, the championships have three of their players, because Draymond was also missing some time, have major injuries. Um. Within you know weeks of the season beginning last season, uh so on and so forth. But yeah, I yeah, agree. I mean, they definitely
2: yeah, need to look. But, and- yeah, Tim Duncan was such a special player, though, uh Brian. He was just special. I mean, it was just something different about him. I mean, he was so polished. His fifth game in the NBA, he went up against the Bulls and Dennis Rodman and had 19 points and 22 rebounds on Dennis Rodman, who was one of the best defensive players in the history of the game, and he couldn't stop Tim Duncan. His fifth game in the league, so.
1: Uh, I'm, some say that about Wiseman, though. Yeah, uh, I, I watched two of the three games that he played, and and he looked special. Now, you, from two games, there's literally no consistency. But what, but the last time I saw somebody with that frame, right? Because he's got a frame that's a they call them they call him Dwight Howard. They, like he's got a he's got a frame similar to that. That you know now that he's kind of swelled, um, but has the skill sets of a Kevin Garnett. Now, I, I, like I said, completely agree. Um, but no one knew Tim Duncan would be Tim Duncan. Everyone thinks that the top draft pick is going to be Tim Duncan.
2: Yeah. Um, the yeah.
1: reality of it is, is, yeah. There's only one, right? There's only one yeah. Tim Duncan. There's, you know, even James Worthy, for as great as he was, was not Tim Duncan. <laughs> right. um, Tim Duncan is the best power forward to ever play the game. So you, you definitely ship, a, uh, ship the pick off and. Um, and, and the other thing you have to do is gamble because James Weissman was absolutely going to be the number one pick before he was ruled uneligible. And now you're talking about, you know, ball and, uh, the kid out of Georgia, Anthony Edwards, um, you know, those guys weren't even in the consideration before the season started. Um, McDaniel McDaniels, another kid who's really got his stock to rise, uh, Nico Mannion, you know, these are all guys that nobody was really thinking of and they're all guards. That's the other problem, right? Cole Anthony was actually one of the guys who was thought to be in the top in the conversation for a top pick. He got hurt. Um, so, you know, anyways, we we're both on the same page here. I just, I think there, you know, there's a conversation to be had and I just ultimately think that Steve Kerr is probably thinking, let's, let's let this ride. Let's try and keep this going about one or two more seasons, um, before the reality sets in that, uh, you can't have all those guys together and, 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 you know, Russell, that's just too much money. And then they break up the team.
2: Do you,
0: did you think mm-hmm. that Carl Anthony towns is actually a possibility?
1: Uh, they, they're actually cool. monitoring the situation. And if you're Minnesota, the problem that, that, that um, the Warriors have is that they only have a pick to give, right? So they can't, uh, they were talking about trading the pick and Draymond, I can see how Karl-Anthony Towns is in the conversation. But Minnesota has already made it clear they'll let him walk before they trade him and do the Anthony Davis. That doesn't necessarily mean they won't trade him. The Pelicans said the exact same thing last year. Guess what they did? But it does, it's not something that they can look to do right now or in the not-too-distant future. It would be amazing to see you know, Kevin Durant leave and then immediately get – you know, one of the top three uh, big men in the league, uh, in Karl Anthony Towns right on the back of that, who probably fits a little bit better with um, yeah. the guard-heavy and three-point shooting yeah. of the Warriors. But I, I, I can't see that one happening. Um, but that's not to say that I wouldn't love to watch that type of thing happen. I hope it happens after next season. I was about uh, to say, next season,
0: let us get us because I
1: want the Lakers to have their shot right now. Let us get us right? one straight up. Yeah, because Steph Clay, Draymond, D'Angelo, and Carl Anthony Towns is uh, a pretty pretty ridiculous lineup.
0: Indeed. Yeah, nice. Okay. That's a – man, I'm wondering too because, you know, they got the new arena. So I always wonder, like, so many teams in recent history. I think the only team that was good when they got into their arena that I can think of recently is the Lakers in 2000 um, that actually came Mm -hmm. in and they were kind of solid when they – you know, we ended up winning a championship a few years after getting into Staples – but, you know, all the football teams, ba- I don't know about the baseball teams, but a lot of teams, you know, you get the new stadium, you, you're not good. So I'm wondering on that. Not that they care, you know what I mean? They're making their money, and yeah. you, know, you do what you can as a GM. But I wonder, too, because, you know, they got the new Chase Center, and then the team was instantly trash. Same thing happened at Levi, Same thing happened at the uh, Atlanta Falcon Stadium. For the Raiders, I'm not concerned because we was already weak. So that's a benefit. But, um, you know, I'm just interested to kind of see – Really, just what the Warriors do and what happens because they they have been so dominant in recent history to have that fall off based off injury. But I'm interested to kind of see what what how it plays out. So, yeah, that's interesting. Well,
1: and I, and I, if I'm correct, I believe the Warriors got some PSLs for those season seats, so they've bought themselves um, a lot more time than a lot of other uh, other uh, organizations had because PSLs really weren't a thing. When um, the Lakers went to Staples, I bought tons of tickets the first year at Staples. If I had to drop 15 grand for the privilege of then buying the seats, there's just no way it was going to (laughs) happen. It wasn't going to happen
0: for real. And that's yeah, I think that's the norm now. I know it's it happened for Levi's. I know it's happening for the Raiders. So okay, interesting. All right, so that's that's cool on that. So now to these to these Laker boys, and then we also can throw. um, I think the question here, which I, I like. You know, going forward, Koo, I don't think we have any picks coming up. But for us, it's more the the Kyle Kuzma's names being thrown out there as a trade. You know, who do we get? Who do we try and get? And then also we'll get into, like, do you think the Lakers are as good as our record shows based off of, you know, losing to some marquee teams? So, Coop, if you have thoughts. I'll, yeah, you start this one.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'll start this. I'll be brief, though. Um, do I think the Lakers are as good as their record? I'll take that one first. Yes, I do. Um, even though they lost to the Clippers, uh, even though they lost to the Bucks, the Bucks are one of those teams, um, those young teams I see, you know, about every other year or so. They take the regular season very serious. Uh, every game to them is important. And then, you know, of course, they don't end up winning the championship and flame out in the playoffs. But Milwaukee's on the mission this year. They have Kawhi out the conference. They got LeBron out the conference. Uh, their only competition maybe might be Philadelphia, uh, probably Boston, but most likely probably Philadelphia. Uh, so they're, uh, you know, all in for this year, trying to make it happen. So I understand, you know, why they're, you know, leaving Giannis in and blowouts and, you know, just trying to make a statement and get that number one seed because it's important to them. Uh, conversely, the Lakers and the Clippers are more veteran type teams. They really don't, their season is going to be judged based off the post season, not during the regular season. Um, hence the low management that's going on with the Clippers, but also, uh, the Lakers, like I've said before, with all those old guys on their team, they're not built for the regular season. They're built. They're, they're, they're playing well, but they're built mainly for the playoffs. They want to keep guys healthy and fresh for the playoffs. Now, does Kyle Kuzma need to be traded? Definitely. I'm on record saying he won't be on the Lakers by the trading deadline. Uh, I think I expressed to both of you guys maybe about a month or so ago. I don't think the Kuzma thing is working. Um, we need a, a a playmaker and a shooter a playmaker who could score, handle the ball a little bit, and a shooter. I'm thinking if Kuzma gets traded, I'm thinking another player. It's not just going to be a one-for-one straight up. It's going to be maybe another player, maybe two other players involved in that trade. Personally, I like to see Contavious Caldwell-Pope go. I don't think anybody's going to take his contract, but you never know in the NBA. Um, But Kuzma disappears too much. Um, He's shooting a very low percentage from three-point. I think it's 36%. It just just seems like he's not in a rhythm. And sometimes he's trying too hard, and he, it's it, it's just not working out um I said last year I thought his ceiling was a b minus I wasn't i think I know Brian was a little bit higher on the Lakers uh talent the last year i wasn't not I, was him, very though. Lo- I, I, I was very I very like low that, 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 on that, that talent um glad all those guys are gone, and we kept those guys together they weren't gonna get any better uh we weren't gonna be any closer to a championship. Uh, so kuzma definitely is gone um i think he needs to be traded maybe get a fresh start somewhere else uh for whatever reason i don't know why he's not shooting well uh but it's just not working it's not fitting in and uh it's just it's just not working so yeah he'll he'll be gone hopefully we get a shooter and a playmaker because that's what the lakers need because they're going to need one extra guy uh to handle the clippers in the seven in the seven game uh series in what, the playoffs what about jamal B? crawford is he still playing I-
1: no, he's not playing. He's sitting on the oh, sideline and it's ridiculous that he's not. Oh. Um, I mean, look, I, I would love to see him, but he isn't. A, I, I think Jamal Crawford wants to be guaranteed kind of a six man role, which the Lakers um, have probably given that away to Kuzma. So, and that's a sign. Um, the, the one that I think the it's almost a freebie. You know, Darren Collison is sitting out there talking about how he's thinking about making a comeback. Obviously, the Lakers and the Clippers are the two front runners for pretty much any time there's a free agent discussion. Um, but, you know, he is somebody who is, is is California and Los Angeles based. And here's a guy who last summer before he decided to hang it up to spend more time um, with his faith, he's a Jehovah's Witness, um, he, he was being offered $10 million contracts. And now he's talking about the possibility of coming back playing for a contender like the Lakers or the Clippers staying home and playing for veterans minimums, which we just happen to have an exception because of Boogie Cousins injury. Um, So I I think if we're going to pick up a freebie player, Anywhere, it's going to be um, it's going to be someone like a Darren Collison. Um, I skipped ahead a little bit of what I was going to say because I, I, that was part of what I was going to talk about. In order to facilitate the spot, they have to do a two for one trade with with Kyle Kuzma um, or whoever they're going to do. But they have to get rid of a guaranteed salary to make the space because they're already locked up in all their positions and all other two way players. So it makes a lot of sense to me to try and do a, a deal with with Kyle Kuzma. Um, and KCP. The reason why KCP actually makes a lot of sense is his deal is, is 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 year to year. So he's got this year, and then he's got another year that is an option year. Um, and then he has enough money where Kyle Kuzma doesn't make anything. So you can't trade for uh, one of the top players or a, a player that you want to bring in who's a shooter who's, who's who's part of a championship team with just Kyle Kuzma's contract, unless you're going to find. A J.J. Redick or someone like that who's not much above the veterans minimum. and um, But I, I seriously doubt we're going to get a second deal out of the Pelicans um, anytime soon. So, Jason, going back to what you were talking about real quickly, you mentioned that, that Kyle Kuzma isn't a shooter. He isn't shooting for a high percentage and, um, and, and that we needed somebody who's a little bit of a ball handler and a little bit of a scorer. And, and my face lit up with a big Kool-Aid grin because you basically just described Brandon Ingram, who is exactly who I said we should have kept out of those two. Kuzma should have gone because Kuzma's a natural born scorer. And, and he's not a scorer. Like if you look at how he played last year, he's a, he's, he's, he's a, Guy goes to the hole, he can get hot from three, but he's attacking. He's not trying to shoot for percentage, he's trying to shoot for volume. And that was kind of why his style fit with a bunch of young guys who stunk for his first year or so and then LeBron in the lost year last year, because you know, they needed somebody to take shots and, and and do all that. But a guy who like a Brandon Ingram, who is a who played point guard. And, and still plays some point very rarely now when a, on a team that's got plenty of them for New Orleans and is, um, is a scorer, not a shooter, is, is a scorer, would have been a really good fit with this team. So too bad they flip-flopped that, whatever it is. I mean, AD is amazing. He's playing outstanding. Um, there's, I, I don't think they should have given as much re- revisiting this conversation as they did for Anthony Davis. The reasons behind that have changed. The reason for not doing it now is if they had one or two more assets, draft picks, they, don't, they can't trade a second round pick until 2023, or a, um, a Josh Hart to put together with a Kuzma and um, a KCP, they would be looking at making substantive, uh, substantive trades right now um, you know, if they had any more of these assets. But we have no assets. Lakers have no assets. Uh, They have no draft picks to trade. They have a whole bunch of guys in one and one on two year deals with an option. So what they're looking for is somebody who's bad, who has a player who's got a, a contract that they're not exactly thrilled with and willing to make a trade to dump the cap space. When KCP um, becomes a free agent and possibly sign Kuzma. Um, the, the one that we both, I think we've all seen, is, is trading him, trading Kuzma to uh, Sacramento for Bogdanovich. Um, but as, early as uh, recently as today, uh, the Kings said that they're not really interested in that as a straight-up trade because they like the versatility of Bogdanovich. Um, Bogdanovich would be a great pickup for a team like the Lakers because he's a shooter and a ball handler, exactly what Jason was talking about and looking for it. So, going to the record portion of it. Uh, so, I, I, I don't say this. I think the Lakers are awesome. So, uh, hopefully, people don't think of this as me trying to hate on the Lakers. I don't think they're as good as their record. Here's the reason why they have an out there. They're obviously mopping the floor with all of the, the, the teams that are below 500 and teams that are not going to be in the playoffs. And that's what you're supposed to do. But in order to win games that against the top in the West, they're having to play um, AD and LeBron 37 to 42 minutes a game. Um, And those are the, because their bench is so bad. I I don't know how many times you guys have had an opportunity to watch this, but they will be in games, AD and LeBron, will give them a 20 point lead and go and try and take a little bit of a breather. 10 minutes later, five minutes later, they got to come back in the game to finish it off because the bench gives it up. Uh, that, That has something to do with, with Rondo and, and and how some of these other guys are playing right now. Kuzma's not playing all that well, although he gets he gets hot, and when he gets hot, he's really uh, valuable. KCP's actually played okay, um, and and then you have guys like Rondo who um, all but disappeared for a period of time. The bench has no ability to keep a lead, and if you're going to win consistently, you're going to need your bench to be able to give your uh, Anthony Davis and uh, and LeBron some time off. So what I'll next thing I'll point to is the Lakers have a five game road trip that starts with the Rockets followed by the Celtics. Then they get a couple days off in New York with the Knicks and the Nets, then goes to the 76ers, then they come home and play the Clippers and then they play the trailblazers, those two games at home. So that's a seven game stretch where they play the Clippers, the trailblazers, um, the 76ers, the Celtics and the Rockets. Uh, if they come out of that stretch and their record by percentage is still at the same level, then I'm wrong. Um, but if they are, if, 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 what I think is going to happen is, and they're going to, you know, they're going to have to play a little bit without AD, or they're going to have to rest AD because he's going to be sore from taking a, a bruised took um, And they're going to be worried about the travel. Uh, I, I do think that the Lakers will slip a little bit. Cause that's just rough. I mean, that'd be rough. On a team that had a solid bench there's, there's not a lot of teams that go yeah, for sure. seven straight games playing five of the five of the top playoff contenders um and and not take a few L's. uh the question will be whether or not they take one which is completely understandable or if they take three or four and go into a slump against really good teams
0: good point man i didn't know i didn't know that we had this coming up this ain't the grammy trip though is it it is oh the grammys are here already
1: Remember remember my disappointment to not being able to uh, see the roots in town. Oh, that's right. Because that's when they come. And every single time I find out a week too late about the the Roots and Friends event. Damn, that's right. Mm -hmm.
2: Got it. Yeah, well, part of the reason that bench is bad is because of Kuz. That's part of the reason it is bad. Second of all, Brandon Ingram does not fit on this team. He's playing on a very (laughs) horrible team, okay? He plays no defense and has an up-tempo offense, which is why he's having a good season on a bad team every every bad team has a leading scorer this just happens to be him on this team just like Trey Young has won eight games this year and is I think was leading all-star voting because of his scoring being a leading scorer on a bad team is not impressive I need you to fit in on a good team and he does it so he can score all he can ball out of New Orleans all he wants he's not going to make the playoffs and not even come close to it on the Lakers he wouldn't have fit he wouldn't have been a ball handler wouldn't have been a scorer it was evident yesterday him and LeBron just didn't mesh and if you're going to pick between LeBron and Brandon Ingram, Brandon Ingram's going to get his walking papers. You got to keep LeBron. So I don't think he fits on this team. He definitely fits in New Orleans, though, because that style fits him. He can get all the shots he wants. The Lakers, it wouldn't happen. Who's Seems right? like we'll to me, pretty.
1: We'll continue to disagree on that, but uh, that's all right. And his defensive numbers this year are actually pretty good.
0: Who's the coach for New Orleans?
1: Alvin Gentry. He's a disciple Alvin- of oh, Mike Danton.
0: Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. From, yeah, Alvin Memphis, okay. Uh, good use of the word us, Brian ain't heard that. And... <laughs>
1: wow, well, this guy. you know, I, we never know, I know. Who, who's listening. I know. I get it. It's a family show, right? <laughs> Man, I get it.
0: This guy. Wow. Well, well, well played. All right, Ward. So that's kind of our NBA. You guys got anything else before we get into this football hype?
1: No, I think that's about it. Uh, like I said, I'm looking forward to watching the next two, two and a half weeks of Laker basketball. Yeah. Because... I think it's an excellent sign of what, how they'll be able to play in the playoffs, right? There's travel yep, involved, there's, there's playoff quality teams, um, they are hard games on the road. Um, and that's not to say that if they come back bruised, that they won't make a trade, like Jason and I are both saying, um, and get better, but I think that we'll have a real understanding of where this team stands right now yeah. um, after that, that stretch.
0: Makes a lot of sense to me. Word up. All right, so um, oh, go ahead. Cool.
2: Wait, real quick. I know there are a couple of Russell Westbrook fans that listen to this. This one to said that he's uh, shooting 23% from three and uh, <laughs> 42% from the field. Just want to throw that out there for those Westbrook fans. Yes. I know there are a couple of you out there. He's got a beautiful go
0: family, though. Shout out to West on that. <laughs> um, all right, so, yeah, today's NFL hype. So we had last week's playoff games. Um, road teams were, were on a tear last week. So if y'all want to kind
1: Can I ask a question? Jason, how'd you do on picks this past weekend?
0: Yeah, let's talk about
1: that. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to, but we can. Yeah, we don't
0: have yeah, to. Break, break I it down. I was, thing
1: I, got next, right. I was sitting next think- to Glenn, and I told him, I said, one of the first questions I want to ask is, ask Jason. And, and look, totally unfair of me to do it, but I have to tease you a little bit. No, it's totally fair,
2: because I put my picks out there, and they, the only thing I won was my point spread pick. That's the only thing I won, the only thing. Straight up picks was bad. But
0: yeah, let's get into it, G B. Yeah, so we had um had an interesting interesting weekend of football, man. Um who who's the first game? So we had so everybody won the Vikes won, the um Seahawks won, the Titans beat the Patriots, and uh what was the last game? What am I who am I missing? Um Houston H- Houston Buffalo. beat Buffalo, yeah. The all, bad
2: the bad coaching game. Yeah.
0: Man, all good games, all um Good games in terms of, you know, excitement. They were.
1: It was fun to watch. Fun to watch, yeah. exactly. They were entertaining.
0: entertaining games. Um so I mean if y'all want to just kinda you know, we got we got a little time, so just kinda you know, if there's anything that jumps out to you, do it. I'm kinda more interested in your you guys' picks for this week. But if you got anything from from last week well, that jumps uh, well, out.
2: We could do a quick review. You want to just start game by game real quick, GB uh Brian? Yeah, sure, go for it. All, right, all right, I'll just start with Houston and Buffalo. Uh Buffalo pretty much just blew that game. Houston really shouldn't have won. Uh give Houston credit. Uh, for coming back Uh, once I saw uh, Josh Allen trying to do the read option 40 yards down the field that's when the game was over (laughs) in my opinion for him I don't know what he was thinking about Uh, yeah but Buffalo pretty much just uh, blew that game I'm not even gonna get into the bonehead coaching moves it's just not even worth it Uh, for Houston you know as much as I like Deshaun Watson Because he does the things that a quarterback should do, which means the main thing a quarterback should be able to do, a franchise quarterback, is make plays when you need them to make plays. And that's what he does. But on the flip side, though, besides the bad coaching on the team on both sides, offense and defense, Deshaun plays a little too loose for my taste and undisciplined. And I think his mechanics are way off. And I think that's going to be a a contributing factor of uh, them getting blown out this week by KC. And when I mean blown out, I mean by at least 13 points or more. I wow, don't think that calling game is gonna be Yeah, I, I just don't think that game's gonna be close, especially with Andy Reed's record off a bye. Uh KC, I forgot who they played this year. They they smashed somebody coming off a bye when you give Andy Reid like an extra man, a knock next to Man, it was us. Chill think, out. Oh, it was? Oh, I, <laughs> I, didn't, no, seriously, I didn't know. I didn't know seriously, I didn't know. I'm pretty sure it was. But um but yeah. I just think that um I just think it's gonna be a culture mismatch and, and it's just not gonna be good. Houston, Houston was the Houston got outgained in yards and points this season, and still made it to the playoffs, which is, which is amazing. But
1: that's all I have on that game, B. You know, everything you said, I completely agree with. And and that's part of the reason. If you remember what I was saying last week when we were talking, I said, there's no real good reason why Houston or Buffalo, it's going to be a tight game. And I said, I'm going to take Houston just because I have confidence in Deshaun Watson to make yep. a big play when yep. he needs to make it. And and that's kind of what happened. And, and yep. congratulations to them. Um and we'll talk more about it later, but I don't think you're too far off on your pick for this week for the same yeah. for the, some of the same reasons. Yeah. What's the next good. one you want to talk about?
2: Uh, let's go with the other one in the AFC. Let's go with, uh, was it uh, Casey and uh, – not Casey. Who
1: was playing? No. New, England. Oh, England and- New England. New England. Oh, yeah. Tennessee. Oh, oh, yeah. Go ahead. You can start with that. You got okay. the Titans. So you're right. I had the Titans. Mm-hmm. Um, And and the reason being is I – and I, I even said it. I said I hate – hate, hate picking or uh, against Brady because he always proves me wrong. I was going to make the mistake this time because I really thought that, that they, were, they were ready to fall. Um, and, you know, the defense could only do so much that offense just didn't have enough weapons. That proved out uh, Brady had career-worst numbers. I think the last time he had anywhere near the numbers that he had this season in the playoffs, it was his first season in the playoffs. Um, I don't think that that's because Brady's washed up. I know a lot of people were talking about that with with him trying to decide whether or not he's going to come back, go back to the the Patriots and all that other stuff. I don't think that's because of him. I simply think it's because he lost Josh Gordon and A.B., and during the season, he lost Gronkowski before the season. And Edelman is a slot player trying to be uh, the, the yeah. wide receiver one, That's which bad. just simply doesn't work. Because Edelman's been outstanding. It's not that Edelman has been bad or that Brady hasn't gotten the ball to him. It's that that one thing isn't enough. Yeah. And then you add to that that the running game just never developed like it did towards the end of the season last year. So they couldn't use that whole smash and defense um, type offense they needed Brady to do something and, and propel the offense forward and there just was nobody home. Um, Nikhil Carey may be a very decent court, uh, a wide receiver you know, next year and the year before but having missed three quarters of the season this year coming back in, at that point in time you know, he had a couple of drops he's just not ready he's a, he's a, a five game played rookie um, so anyways uh, and I, I, thought, I thought Tennessee just did enough I mean Derrick Henry um, John, I, we talked about this a little, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, Derek Henry, we talked a little bit about him last week, how as the season goes on, he just gets better and better and better. Um, and it's almost like, yeah, you want a big running back in a game, the first quarter you want them running, you know, they're not going to get big yardage, but by the end of them, they're breaking off 20, 30 yard runs. Well, Derek Henry has reached the end of his game, end of his season. And he is just annihilating people when he hits those holes. It's not that linebackers are shying away from him, but they're definitely not trying to get the full brunt of his hit, and that's why he's able to get an extra five ten yards. Um, and Derrick Henry is is he's a, he's a man amongst uh, a man amongst boys, uh, and when he's playing with a whole bunch of really big men, so uh, you know that helps when you can get hundred was one hundred and eighty two yards out of him insane. on the ground and and two hundred and ten um Yards total, uh, and and he was just running over people left, right, and center. It looked great. He I mean, looked great. Looked healthy. uh So there's no reason to see that he can't he can't run a little bit harder this week against a, a very interesting matchup. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. What about you? Now, I, what do you think uh, of that game? Well, I,
2: I wanted to take the Titans. I, I, the only reason I didn't is because I've seen too many teams go into Foxborough and make that crucial mistake. And then New England ends up, you know, squeaking out with a with a close victory. It could have happened. Uh, I, I, I thought it was going to be, you know, it some type of defensive touchdown or special teams or something. Yeah. But I'm happy the Titans won. Um, I didn't think New England played that bad on defense. Uh, they held them to two no. touchdowns. It was the offense of New England that just, yep. you know, of course, I haven't been a fan of all season. I said that's not a Super Bowl winning offense yeah, at all. Um, part of the and part I think part of the problem with that offense is Bill Belichick. He's only drafted all the years he's been there. He's only drafted one pro bowler at a skill position and that was gronkowski all the rest of his picks aaron hernandez uh, aaron oh well <laughs> i can't really count him these. i don't,
0: I don't want to hey man he was a killer not, on the field bro
2: yeah bro, literally yeah literally yeah uh yeah so you know I, I think part of the problem is bill belichick i think another problem, problem is on, on offense um it's a little bit i guess it's too rigid and uh, they just couldn't really develop anybody this year. And, uh, you know, Brady's getting older. He needs more help. He doesn't have the ability to carry a team anymore. So, but, hey, I'm happy to see the Patriots out the playoffs. Um, yeah, I buddy. thought it was going to happen against KC next week instead of the Titans. So it just happened a week earlier for me. So, you know, congratulations to the Titans. And, uh, you know, they played a good game. Yeah, these matchups are more Yeah, One more
1: note. Um, I Sorry, one more note. Uh, I completely agree with you about the, the New England defense not playing that bad. And I know that that sounds weird, given that Derrick Henry ran for 182 yards. But the time of possession when you're doing – when the New England team is try- offense is just trying to do passing. And the the Titans offense is all about running ball control – and keeping that defense on the field. I mean, they played as well as you could be expected, given that that lack of parity on um, time of uh, time of possession and just getting hit real hard by a, by a running back named Derrick Henry. Man,
0: yeah, Crazy. All right, so uh, then you had the NFC, and you had the
2: first game. Let's start was, with the Vikings yeah, and, and first, the Bree uh, b go first.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So we'll go with the Vikings. Um, so everyone heard me say it. I, I picked my team because they were my team. And in the same conversation, I told everyone I thought that the New Orleans Saints were a Super Bowl team and probably the best team in the NFC. So anyone who was able to read through the lines knew that I thought it was very likely that the Saints were going to win, but I was going to pick my team because they were my team. I'm glad to say that I did because that made me 3-0 and uh, so far in the picks, right? Um, but, uh, look, Glenn was sitting right next to me while watching that game. And there was no point until a minute or two after the game had officially ended and they decided (laughs) not to do the review that I was convinced that the Vikings were going to win the game. I mean, it it was the longest time (laughs) I've ever had to wait to be convinced that a team would win when they had already done it a minute or two earlier um, and we just had to see if it was going to get overturned or go a different direction. Um, So the Vikings played really well. Um, They did exactly what I thought they needed to do. And we talked about last week, they had to dirty up the game. They had to keep it low scoring. They had to make sure that they could, they used Dalvin cook because they could not get in a shootout Um, with Breeze and and Kirk Cousins because Breeze was going to be better than Kirk Cousins. And sure enough, at the end of the game, when it started to become a little bit more like a shootout, um, my confidence in the Vikings' ability to even stay close uh, waned a whole lot. Uh, you know, I, I don't believe we'll just, we'll talk about this. I don't believe it was pass interference. Um, I, I don't believe offensive pass interference. I don't believe that they would have overturned mm-hmm. it had All they right. reviewed it, given that they almost never overturned it if they review it. Right. And if you watch the full play instead of the clip where they show him putting, extending his arm, you'll also see that the entire portion before that, the the defensive player has two hands on, um, on, on, uh, on the receiver sorry the tight end and and he's extending to get away from the the hold that was happening there um so you weren't going to be able to call anything really because it's, it's it's bi-directional and um that's called hand fighting and they're, they're not going to call that they they never have they never will Good, no they no haven't problem. overturned that at, yeah they haven't overturned it at any point in time during the season so to believe that they would there would would be silly um you know but i, I like. I, I like what Zimmer did there. I mean, he knew that he had to play solid defense. Um, everyone knows that I'm not a big fan of the the DBs and the, the Vikings' ability to protect a, a deep route. Um, but they they added extra coverage and, and kept most of the big plays from happening. Taysom Hill was giving us fits. Um, but uh, I'm just happy that they won that game um, in the manner that I thought that they were going to have to play. So it's good that they did it. Um and, you know, I'm sure we'll be talking about the next game in a moment or two.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, what you got? Okay, well,
1: I'll start by saying, uh, no,
2: that wasn't pass interference. Uh, If you look at – I know there's a lot of people, of course, they think it is, but any time you look, it's just like boxing. I always say if you look at instant replay, if you look at boxing and th- through slow-motion replay, it wouldn't be a sport. If you look at uh every NFL play that you think is a P.I., uh, on slow motion, yeah. you're going to always say it's P.I. It's always some touching going on on yeah. a pass play. So, no, it wasn't pass interference. It was a box out like Tony Gonzalez used to do, and he caught it game over. Um, uh, having said that, I got to give Kirk Cousins. I know that's the guy, you know, who I don't like and i banged on for years, but I got to give him credit. He threw he had a couple of huge throws Brandon. against New Orleans. But of course, you know, you know me. I'm in the point spreads and stuff like that, so I have to look at it a little bit deeper. And I also, I noticed, I'm sure Brian, you watched every game they played this year, the Vikings. I noticed that Minnesota played in a lot of three wide receiver sets. That told me they didn't respect uh, New Orleans' pass or they didn't respect their DBs. Uh, Minnesota's only played that that wide three wide receiver set only 20% of the time this year. Right. So they came out with confidence that they can throw it on that defense. And I know a lot of people, yeah. I know you were high on New Orleans. Yeah. I, 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 I thought they were a good team. But like I've told you in the last podcast, I've seen this team lose a lot in the playoffs. Uh, Drew Brees' playoff record I think now is 8-7. and seven. Um, I, I think New Orleans is a good team, but I, I just think they're a tad overrated because uh, first of all, they're playing on wild card weekend. So if they, this team is that great, then why are they, why are they playing on wild card weekend? That's, that's number one. NFC number crazy, two. Yeah. yeah. You know, and uh, you know, like Kirk cousins, you know, had a very efficient game against them. I don't think their defense is all that. I mean, Jimmy, but the 49ers pretty much abandoned the run when they played them and just passed all over that defense for 48 points. So, and like I said, they're a good team, but I just think they're a tad bit overrated, um, you know. And, and congratulations to the. I always thought the Vikings had a chance to win that game. I thought it'd be a lot closer than that. I thought that point spread was just absurd. Well, you absurd. clearly
1: thought, yeah, I was gonna say, you clearly thought it was gonna be a close game. Yeah. Your point spread pick was the Vikings plus the nine. Uh, right. The Vikings plus the nine. That's just uh, yeah,
2: absurd. Because if you go man for man, Minnesota has better players man-for-man man than any than any NFC uh, team uh, in the playoffs, anyone I whatsoever. Think
1: them, I think you had more confidence in him.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: straight
1: up. Right.
2: Right. But also, um, uh, yeah, oh, I also noticed one more thing that I'm interested to see next week, and that's your boy Andrew Sandeo. He was playing slot corner. He's yep. not a slot corner. If nope. they put him in a slot against the 49ers, it's going to be a problem for the Vikings' defense. So I'm interested to see – uh, how they come out next game i don't think they're going to come out with three wide receiver sets and try to sling the ball against the yeah. 49ers like that because i i think they have more respect for uh the 49ers so, pass rush
1: well i don't yeah i will say this about that the, the one thing about the, the the defensive part that you were talking about they lost two cornerbacks for the season yep in the week between the the last week and and this week yeah it was and, due to injury it, it, yeah it right. was due to injury that that right. was why they were doing that and they had to right. put the in that spot um, and I, I give a lot of credit to Mike Zimmer to making the magic and kind of hiding him because he was playing the slot as opposed to trying to play the outside, yeah. um, where he could really just jam guys um, and knock them off their routes, which he was he was okay at doing. Not you know obviously not great, right. but um, you know when you're a big guy and you're playing a whole bunch of, of quick slot receivers, that's exactly what you got to do. Just bump them early and, and and hope the timing is off because the slot guys are usually running. Timing routes and, and to positions as opposed to, um, you know the the freer routes on the outside. Hmm. Was, was a good yeah, game. was a good go win the next for you guys. Game? Yeah.
0: Next game was uh Seattle and Philly.
2: Yeah, I, I don't, I don't have much on this game. I, I thought Philly uh, would win the game because I, you can't run you can't on Philadelphia. To win Super Bowl. No, no, that, that, that part's over, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, I, yeah, you can't run on Philadelphia and I know Seattle's, um, you know, offense is based, uh, around running. Um, speaking, you know, you can't run on them. Uh, Travis Homer had 11 carries for 12 yards and Marshawn Lynch had six carries for seven yards. It was pretty much Russell Wilson, uh, won that game completing big third downs. Uh, he ran, he had uh, nine rushes for 45 yards. He ran when he needed to do, he ran when he needed to, but, um, and then when Carson Wentz went out the went out the game I mean it's pretty much game over then when Claney kind of fell on them but um but yeah you know I guess congratulations to Seattle you know they they won the game um I think it's all over for them this week but um they got out of Philly with a victory
1: I think they win this week Uh yeah I, I think I think you're 100% right once that once once Wentz went down that game was over um that's not to say that the, the Philadelphia Eagles who were really banged up and playing yeah. with a whole bunch of wide receivers from nowhere, they were they were a scrappy team. They played hard. Um, you know, they deserved a better opportunity to win the game than they got. Um, and, and it didn't happen uh, again. I, I picked the Seattle, by the way, that made me four and O for the week. Um, <laughs> only, only because, um, only because I just thought I, they're, they're both hurt. They're both, they're both trying to do, a lot with a little, um, but I just thought that, that Russell Wilson uh, was a scrappier uh, leader and was going to try and find a way to win. And even if, if Wentz was healthy, I I still think that that would have been the outcome of that game. Um, And, and to Jason's credit, like you said, you didn't pick the team, but you picked the player because you, part of what we were talking about last week was you talking about how Russell Wilson is the MVP um, and a week like last week in the playoffs kind of just, it furthers your point i still disagree yeah. with it right. It furthers your point that russell wilson is um able to do some pretty outstanding things and pull a team that maybe shouldn't be there um otherwise uh, along with him
0: i also think uh, philadelphia benefits from their division they think they got in the playoffs and they of the same record oh yeah, they as the and- yeah. oh yeah, yeah. so yeah, definitely. Yeah, they definitely had a playoff they had a playoff home game because they were the
2: best of the worst so yeah and that division's going to suck next year too i think uh the giants just hired judge joe brown <laughs> to be their head coach so uh yeah <laughs> yep
0: <laughs> i love it all right where it's all right,
2: right so now into this week yeah so Ooh. uh run them
0: down man i know i'll there's one game that i'm obviously thinking about and that's y'all's game but yeah uh run it
2: down we'll, we'll do it, that one year. last yeah, yeah. for sure i'll, we'll I'll start with one. casey houston since i already touched on it already um I, I pretty much said, it, like, I, I think um, between Houston's uh, coaching and Andy Reid, his record coming off a bye, I think it's like eight to 18-2 and two or something like that. Uh, I just think this is going to be an ultimate mismatch. Uh, Houston shouldn't really be here. Uh, and I guess their undisciplined game and, and, the, and the way they play and the way they call the game on both sides of the ball, I think it's going to uh, eat them alive this game, especially the way Casey's defense has been playing. This is just another... Uh, I know their offense gets a lot of credit, but their defense has been good the last five, six weeks, and uh, I just don't think this game is close. It's a blowout.
1: So, and I, your pick is clearly KC, and that's the pick. I'm just asking be, out of curiosity because it's it's you know good for for cannon fodder. KC is uh, is a ten point favorite. Do you think that they beat the fr- the spread too?
2: Yeah, you said thirteen yeah. or
1: more, right? Th- thirteen or more. Okay. Yeah. Yep. All right. Um, I also like the Chiefs this week. Um, I think that the Chiefs are just too good a team for the Texans uh, as currently put together. Um, I think that all the magic they had of the tank um, the Texans had went last week. Uh, Congratulations to them making it this far. I think Deshaun Watson will play well, um, but I think Mahomes will play equally as well, and he's got other people with him. Um, whereas Deshaun Watson kind of has to do it all in order for them to be successful uh, on the Houston side. So uh, I I do think that that game will, I I don't know that I think it'll be more than a 10 point game, but I don't think it'll be close at any point in time. Like I I fully expect to go into the half um, with the understanding that this game is going to be won by KC. And then the question will only be whether it's by six. Or thirteen, or something like that. But it, I don't think we're going to be going down to the last two minutes of this game, wondering if if Deshaun Watson or Mahomes is going to make the one play that's going to uh, win it for either one of them. I think this is a a little bit uh, less uh, close game.
0: Got you. Who's uh, so that was one AFC. Who's who's the other one? Uh, uh t- yeah, you Titans, can start Baltimore, and Tennessee. Yeah, Titans. Yeah, go ahead, another
1: B. another ten point. Yeah, another ten point spread. Right. Baltimore's favored by ten here. Um, so this is an interesting game because the Baltimore Ravens have a decent defense, but it's not supposed to be as good as new England. Um, on the same token, the Baltimore offense is definitely a lot better than uh the titans i'm going to obviously take the ravens because I, baltimore because i think that they're going to make the super bowl and i said that um last week when we we're talking about it and, and a couple times during the, the season um i don't know that they're going to get to 10 points and not when we're talking about spreads my pick is baltimore but uh, um I, I don't know that they're going to get to that just because the titans have a really know how to Grind a game out. Yeah, I was going to say that. Win that time of possession, and it makes it so that it's very, very difficult to run up a score on them. Um, that being said, someone like uh, Lamar Jackson can scar at any moment. Um, but and I, I don't, I don't think that the Ravens are going to have to worry too much but it's not going to be, in my opinion, it's not going to be a game where they're going to run away with it. And, uh, and we're going to see uh, RG3 at any point in time during the, uh, the game. <laughs> I hope not. That would potentially mean an
2: injury. Let's see. Uh, I, um, go
1: ahead.
2: Yeah, I don't, think, um, I don't think both coaches want their quarterbacks to sling the ball around uh, this game. I think they both want to run the ball. And just see what happens. So I think that uh, Tennessee Titans cover the ten point spread as well. Um, yeah. And we both we both know that the Baltimore offense is uh, designed about uh, around um, Lamar's ability to run, not pass. So with those run plays that they have for him, I believe the Titans can bottle him up in the middle. I think they have run stuffers in the middle. The key to their to their success in this game is to limit his yards when Lamar Jackson bounces outside. If they're able to tr- somewhat contain him or limit his yards when he goes outside on those runs they have a chance to win the game. If they can't, if they don't have enough speed with the linebackers, because I'm not sure how good their linebackers are. I know their line can stop them from running up the middle. I'm not sure how good their linebackers and safeties are to get them on the outside. Uh, if Lamar is running crazy on the outside, uh, this game is over. Uh, we forgot,
1: because- to, we forgot no, so- to mention that uh, one of the big advantages that Baltimore has going into this game is they get Ingram back. And, and the reason why Lamar gets a lot of space on the outside is because they run an option with Ingram going to the middle. And if you forget to guard him and they give him the ball up the middle, that guy, uh, he's going uphill, uh, in, upstream, and he's going to get there. So um, uh, exactly what you're saying, if, if, if Lamar Jackson gets outside, uh, then they're really in trouble. Yeah. But at the same time, they have the problem of they have to put leave linebackers in because if Ingram gets the ball, he can give you equally as much trouble uh, running straight uphill.
2: Now, I didn't mention Ingram because I know guys play injured all the time. I just don't know how healthy he is and how effectively he's going to run. Of course, they're not going to tell you if he's 30% or 80% or something. I just right. know that he's playing. And I'm not sure how fully recovered he is from his injury, so it'll be interesting to see how he runs because if his carries are limited, that's going to lead me to believe he's not that healthy uh If his carries are you know that's what they usually are, you know double digits, fifteen maybe twenty or something, then that leads me to believe that he's healthy and he should have a decent game, so we'll definitely have to see
0: indeed so n f c you got the Seahawks and the Packers.
2: Yeah, I'll start with this one. Um, I'm going to take the Packers. Uh, the last uh, last nine times these teams have played each other, the home team has won every single time. Four times for Seattle, five times for Green Bay. Um, I think it's going to be number six for Green Bay. Uh, Seattle, you know, they're eleven and two in their one possession game and one possession games, but they just with the three running backs out, two linemen out, defensive linemen out. Um, you know, Clowney. You know, he's better against the run than he is a pass rusher. Um, I just think if you want to beat uh, Green Bay, you, you need to have some sort of pass rush. And I'm not sure about Seattle's pass rush against uh, against Green Bay in Green Bay. Uh, I think it's asking a lot of Seattle to actually go to Philly, go back home, then go to Green Bay and try to pull out a victory. So I, I think Green Bay will win this one. I think they'll have the emotional edge. Of of course, they have one of the best home field advantages in the league, along with Seattle and New Orleans. And um, I just think this means a lot. When you hear Aaron Rodgers talk, it just this this playoff run just means a lot for him because he doesn't know how many more he's going to have left in him. And Lafleur is not really, you know, I, I would think he's the the worst coach still left in the playoffs. Uh, he he has uh, a lot to prove as well. So I think uh, both uh, both of them are going to put their all in this game, which is going to allow the team to put their all in the game. And I just think with the attrition of injuries for uh, Seattle, I just think Green Bay wins this game. B.
1: Yeah, I think the difference here and the reason why I'm taking the Green Bay Packers is the difference between having a healthy Aaron Jones and having two guys from off the street as your running back in cold weather games. Um, historically, though, this team, not Green Bay Packers as a team, this team with Aaron Rodgers leading it is not good in cold weather games at home in the playoffs because their style of play has historically been throw the ball a whole lot. And that made it really difficult, but they have Aaron Jones. They have a good running game. They have a decent defense and they have health. Um, and ultimately I think that that's the most important thing in a game like this. And that's why I will think I, I can, I think that the green Bay Packers um, have become the team um, that seems really likely to get to the Super Bowl, um, you know, given, given a lot of advantages that they have. Uh, and I, I think they're going to win. I think that this is also a low-scoring game um, where you're going to see a lot of run, uh, run going on, and, and you know Russell Wilson trying to do what he can do, but just not being able to do enough. I think
0: it's uh, interesting. Both your divisions are well represented in the uh, playoffs with multiple teams.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Probably
2: so, probably, probably two best two that. best probably divisions, both. definitely in the NFC.
1: Yeah, we both thought that at the beginning of the season. We thought it would be a little different, right? At the beginning of the season, we thought it was going to be a conversation about um, the Rams. Uh, you thought 49ers. I thought Seattle. And then the other one, we, uh, I thought Green Bay and uh, the Vikings and the Bears. You thought Green Bay. and, um, and The Vikings. Only, and the Vikings, Vikings kind of, yeah. Um, so we, we thought these two divisions would be good. Um, I don't know if we were asked to pick playoff second round that we would have predicted that both – so right, both of our divisions would have two teams in yeah. there. Yeah, um, the that would have been a, that would have been a little bit much to to pick, but, yeah. but we had some faith.
0: What up, yeah. well, man? Perfect segue. So it's it's our first time, like I said in, in my lifetime that I can remember, um, and I'm sure it's happened before. But um, that your te- your teams are playing I'm meaningful sure bas- meaning meaningful football um, in the playoffs against each other uh, down the street from yeah, me. Yeah,
1: they both played. Yeah, they both played. They both played meaningful playoff games before, but never against—not that I can remember—against each other. No,
0: the last time we, we played each other was I think started the season last year or something. Um, a, a loss for the Niners, yeah. but it oh, wasn't the same team by any means.
2: I think the last, yeah, the last time we played a meaningful playoff game, I think it was 1998. Minnesota won, won that game. Okay, yeah. was it? Okay, I like yeah. that history. So yeah, yeah so uh,
0: what do you Who's guys? First? Yeah, what are you guys thoughts on that, man?
1: No,
2: B, B, go ahead, start it off. All right.
1: So, again, I'm going to pick my team because they're my team. Um, this game is going to be uh, difficult. So one thing that I have consistently said is that the best thing for Kirk Cousins is to play games that seem like they're regular games. So when they flex the Vikings out of the Sunday night game, when I went to go see them play against the Chargers, I was ecstatic because they were playing a, a 1 p.m. time or a 10 a.m. time on a Sunday. In this instance, they're all, they're playing at 1 PM, but on a Saturday, um, I, I do think that matters to a team like Minnesota. I also think it's a little unfair how they swap the uh, NFC's one NFC team to the Saturday game from the Sunday game. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, it, so, you know, the Vikings actually get a, an ex, a one less day to prepare for a team that had one extra week. Um, and that's a lot, uh, uh, I think I have enough confidence in Zimmer to make sure that this game is similar to the last one where it's, it's, um, it's, it's going to be close. Um, and, and I'm taking the Vikings because they're my team. <laughs> <laughs> right, guys also, Super
0: noncommittal. Uh,
2: but I do agree with one point though, that you made. I think it is a disadvantage because um, teams that played on Sunday, they have to play the next week on Saturday. They're three and seven. So I think that's a disadvantage to have that, you know, that, that day. Um, the uh, the game plan for Minnesota, I think to me is simple uh, to establish Dalvin Cook. He hasn't ran for a hundred yards in the game since week seven against Detroit. Oh
0: wow! So
2: I think establishing him is the key to them winning this game. I don't think you can win with Lamar's. I mean, not Lamar with uh, Kirk cousins, trying to sling the ball all over the field. Uh, one thing I noticed last week is that, um, uh, Kirk Cousins, I, I looked at his, his head movement when he dropped back to pass, and he focused pretty much on one receiver. He knew he, he, who he was throwing to. He didn't really make you know reads to other ones or even bob his head like to the left or to the right to even act like he was going to throw to someone else. So I think the 49ers should take advantage of that, or I think Minnesota should take a look at that to at least let him look off a receiver before he throws it um, on pass plays. But I, I think Minnesota's game plan is simple, not do too much ugly it up a little bit, make it low scoring. Uh, Don't get into a shootout. It's on the road. You you know, you you had an emotional, emotional victory in New Orleans in overtime. And I think it's asking a lot to them to get up again, go to San Francisco and have that same emotion and intensity uh, to play against a a team that's coming off a bye week. Conversely, um, for the 49ers, well, actually, I want to say this too. I think both teams' offensive line is at a disadvantage against the other team's defensive line. I think Minnesota's defensive line is better than San Francisco's offensive line and vice versa. I think uh, San Francisco's defensive line is better than Minnesota's offensive line. So whoever establishes the run in this game, it's very important. I think if the 49ers can run against Minnesota, I'm not sure how, I'm not sure if that's going to work out, but if they're able to run against Minnesota's defense, I think the game is over because that opens up a lot in the playbook for Kyle Shanahan. Um, The the offensive line's also ability to protect Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be key as well. I know when we played last year, They didn't do such a great job. Uh, The receivers really couldn't, didn't have time really to get open. We didn't have Sanders at that time. Uh, But um, I think I have the 49ers winning this game uh, based off the bye week and preparation. Uh, The last time 49ers came off a bye week, uh, they pretty much dominated Cleveland. Uh, Not saying Cleveland is a great team, but the way the offense and defense played, you know, you can tell that rest and uh, uh, the play calling, you know, really, uh, really matters. So I have four 49ers win this game. I'm not sure about the spread, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I can see it going both ways, being really close, but I can also see it being like maybe a 10-point game. So I'm, I'm going to stay away from that, but it should be a good game, and the first quarter is going to uh, tell a lot in this game. So I'm looking forward to seeing it.
1: Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you that uh, establishing a run game early, The one, the, one of the reasons, though, that, that Calvin Cook – in part because he had a, an injury there, but they've established that, that Madison is a real running back. I mean, he's good. Yeah, and he, he he remember towards the beginning of the season, I told you I was playing golf with a guy who used to play for the Raiders on their practice team. And he was, the, he, he was saying, like, I watch a lot of football and he does a lot of gambling and that kind of stuff. And he was telling me just nonstop through a whole round of golf, he goes, I, I know when I see a running back in special, a Madison special. Yeah. And, and, and I was like, you sure you're not talking about Cook? Um, he says, no, Madison's special. And I think the team may have figured something, something out about him because they are giving him um, a, a lot of carries. I mean, they had 40 rushing carries against New Orleans, um, and, and that's a lot, right? They're only getting yeah. 3.7 yards, but when you can keep pounding on a team, which I think is what they're going to have to do. I, I, I fully expect that they're going to get you know in the high 30s, low 40s in rushing attempts again this round, uh, this time around. If they have any chance of winning it, if if they come back and it's seventeen, um, they're gonna get they're gonna get blown out.
2: Yeah, I, I saw Madison only run three times last game. That guy runs hard. I was because my first thing I said, who is that guy right there? I saw it right away on his runs. Who is it? He only had five carries last week. I'm hoping he doesn't get the ball more than that this week. Uh, yeah. And also Dalvin Cook as a receiver, he's very dangerous as well. I don't know if Quan Alexander so- is playing.
1: But well, uh, the Vikings he have the, 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 you guys are the full NFL strength. leading uh, – yeah, yeah, he's supposed to play. But, NFL, uh, but uh, the Vikings lead the league in screen pass yardage. So
2: yeah, was, yeah. I mean, Dalvin Cook, Fred, Warner, Fred Warner and Dalvin Cook, that's the matchup I want to see uh, because um, I, the 49ers have to stop Dalvin Cook to have a chance and, and, to, and then put pressure on Kirk Cousins because we all know our Kirk Cousins do a pressure. But without Dalvin Cook, if Dalvin Cook has a monster game, uh, the Vikings can, can definitely I can see the Vikings winning this game it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if the Vikings won I know a lot of people are picking the 49ers and the, I understand that uh, but because um, it begins a lot of hype but if the Vikings won the game uh, it wouldn't surprise me and I'm on record as saying the winner of this game goes to the Super Bowl
0: yeah you're on the, oh, nice uh, you're on the uh, you're at the point of the season where everybody can get it so I wouldn't be surprised either yeah I didn't make any picks last time I got just quickly I got the Ravens the Texans the Seahawks and the Niners.
1: So you're, okay, well, good, because I was just about to say, last week, Jason and I were on opposite sides in every single game. This week, we're on the opposite side of only one game, ours, and everything mm-hmm. else, we're on, we're on the same side of, so you coming out there with the Texans, uh, that'll make things interesting. Yeah. Uh, Uh, You know, I I wish you had a little more love for my team, but that's (laughs) okay, I understand. (laughs) And that's that's because they're they're
0: at home, man. They're going to be amped. The stadium's going to be crazy. The team's going to be a full strength. This is, you know, it's their time. So I know they're going to pull out. They better pull out everything. What I'm going to look for in in the Niners in that first half is how conservative the play calls are. If Shanahan's conservative, I think the Vikings win.
2: Oh, yeah. I don't think he will be, but yeah, I'm with you on that. If he's conservative, that means he's scared. But let me tell you something. I've heard Shanahan all week. In these press conferences and stuff, and he has as much respect for Minnesota's team as as I do. I you mean, better. he knows yeah. man for man, you better they can play. Yeah. yeah, so there ain't no he, joke. he's not. I can I guarantee that the team is not taking Minnesota lightly. Thinking oh they're just going to run over them just because they're playing at home. I don't think Sherman and Shanahan they know your fans that, are. That's not going to happen. A lot of the fans yeah. are,
0: and I was I was telling Brian this last week. Like don't overlook them. Like don't. You know, everyone wanted the Vikings to win because they didn't <laughs> want the Saints, and I'm like, bro, y'all y'all could handle the Saints. These, this Vikings team is a different animal. They they held the yeah. Saints The Saints team that put up 48 on y'all, or 45 on y'all, they held a 20. 46,
2: they put 46, yeah. They held
0: 20, so I'm like, at home, so right. I'm like, um... But it's going to be a good right. game either way. I'll be with Jilly, shout out to Jilly, eating some gumbo, she said. She told me today, So that's going to be cool. Uh, I'm drinking some beers. Well, I might and...
1: have to fly up for some gumbo. Am I, am I allowed to go in a house? Uh, <laughs> and,
0: uh... Damn right. No, we're, what? we're
1: actually... We're actually, well, we're actually
0: doing part 2 of Austin's Austin, right? birthday yeah, uh, 21st birthday, birthday yeah, this week. Okay. That yeah, was a fun weekend. Yeah. So yeah, so I'll be rest. <clears throat> we'll see um as a you know fan of the Las Vegas Raiders we just are sitting at uh on the strip just watching the games you feel me so we gonna see what happens. <laughs> um all right so that I think this is a pretty good show man. I, just, I really wanted to, glad we can get one in before this happens cuz it's not often that our, any of our teams are playing each other for a meeting Football in basketball, we all agree, but football is where we differ. So, I think that's cool. I'm glad we were able yeah. to get one in. Um, yeah,
1: I may be busy next week if, if my team gets beat up. <laughs> I hear you. Man. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Straight up,
0: I hear you. Yeah. So, we'll, so we'll see what happens, man. It's gonna be good. So, um, good show, I think, man. We're, we're at the end of it. We'll do our minute to win it. Um, I went. Did I go? I went last time, last show with the with the Raiders. This time I'm gonna go real quick. Uh, if it's cool with you guys. Yeah. Real fast. I usually don't. Well, I I guess I don't don't usually do anything because everyone's been different. But this one, I'm actually just going to give a shout out to other podcasts that I listen to from. um, And I'm actually giving a shout out to two podcasts that are run by former athletes, NBA players, Uh, one being the Knuckleheads podcast with Q Rich and Darius Miles. Uh, Really enjoy the show. They get really good interviews out of former and current players in the NBA. Um, and it's cool to hear like some of their behind-the-scenes stories and and stories of being a rookie and who the first person was that put up a bunch of points on you, stuff like that. Uh, Q Rich, if you ever hear this, one, man, thank you. But two, bro, let the let the guest speak a little bit, my guy. You be going a little too hard sometimes on that. But besides that, the show's great. The other one is the um, All the Smoke podcast. That's Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson, which is actually a really good podcast. I listened to about four episodes today, uh, starting with Kobe Bryant's episode which was great because you can see how the players really represent or uh, respect Stephen Jackson and Matt Barnes. And then the one with Stephen A. Smith, which was awesome. Um, I'll talk to you guys about that maybe on a future show, but he kind of got into the cap situation a bunch of other things. Those are really, really good shows. Um, pretty cool just to kind of hear those guys get, get their opinions out. So that's my shout-out for my minute to win at this time. It's just a quick shout-out to those other sports podcasts I enjoy. So Brian or Coop, take it away.
2: Uh-huh. I'll go real quick. Yeah, I'll go real quick. Um, my thing has to do around the media. Um, I know you guys who listen to the podcast, you know, of course, you know, me and, and Brian, you differ on a lot of things, but we do our own research and we don't really listen. I mean, we do, but we don't take everything that we hear in the media as the gospel. We do our research ourselves because, you know, some things don't sound right or we just want to make sure we're getting the right information. The reason why I'm bringing this up is, I mean... I've told a lot of people, I just don't watch, I just don't listen to people on ESPN. I just think I know more about sports than they do personally. I mean, think of what you want, but I just think I do. And one of the reasons why i listen to the media it came up again uh, regarding Lamar Jackson. Uh, I mean, uh, last sometime last year or whatever, I brought about Steph Curry, how a lot of people say, you hear in the media, oh, the Warriors knew what they were doing with Steph Curry and blah, blah, blah. And they didn't. It's a lie because they tried to trade him uh, for Andrew Bogut. But but the Milwaukee Bucks wanted Monte Ellis because Curry had ankle injuries. If it wasn't for that, you know, the the Warriors didn't know what they had with Curry. And now I'm hearing with Lamar Jackson, oh, Baltimore, oh, they just knew what they were doing and blah, blah, blah. And I'm here to tell you that's a lie, too. Baltimore had two first-round picks that year. The first first first-round pick they had, they drafted a tight end named Hayden Hurst. Okay, they didn't know what Lamar Jackson was. There was a lot of questions surrounding Lamar Jackson. and Nobody thought he would be this good this quickly. Uh, in college, he passed for 54% his first year, 56%, and 59% his senior year. That's terrible for college. There were legitimate questions about Lamar Jackson coming out of college. And it ended up working out. But I'm tired of hearing that, you know, Baltimore knew what they were doing, and and it was a, a plan and everything, and it wasn't a plan. They just inserted Lamar Jackson when, when Joe Flacco got hurt, and boom, Lamar Jackson just popped. So that's why— I say, do your research. Don't believe all this revisionist history. Don't, and not just in sports, but in everything. Do your homework and make sure you're getting the correct information regarding stuff you hear from the media. That's it.
1: Oh, uh, I'm on. Yeah, I'm on a different tip, but it, you know, there's a lot going on right now, and my heart goes out to the 3,000 men who just got deployed in the Middle East after we got kicked out of Iraq. they they're still being deployed there. Nonetheless, um, the 176 people who perished in a plane crash that's looking more and more like it was an unintended attack uh, by Iran, um, and uh, looks like they, they shot a missile, a Russian missile, and, and shot uh, shot down a plane, not intentionally, um, but but a whole bunch of people uh, died because of the tensions that uh, we're now dealing with due to the idiocy of our, our president. And it, it it gives me pause. It, it makes me worried. You know, I've had tons and tons of conversations with friends and people about uh, the safety of the world. And, and when we see what's going on right now where somebody, because they're such a narcissist and, 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 and also a lunatic, um, can go and – and just set off a war, um, or set off a conflict, It's not necessarily a war conflict. conflict, uh, that because no one died with an American last name, that everything is okay, um, it, it's just scary times. My heart goes out to all of those people impacted. Uh, you know, there's troops out there who are putting themselves in harm's way for our, or ourselves, um, for all the people that are here right now, uh, unnecessarily, in my opinion. Um, and and my heart goes out to them. I, I hope uh, I hope all of them, every single one of them, return safely. Uh, I hope that uh, the people in in Iran can go to sleep at night without worries of 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 of, have, of dying by either our attacks or their own attacks going awry. Um, it's it's just tragedy. Um, the other thing is is I won't mention names, but there's someone in, who I know and I've been friends with for a really long time who had an absolutely devastating loss in their family. Um, and, and my heart goes out to them. Uh, I, 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 when I think about the possibility of losing someone that I know, and I, I'm close to like this person did, um, I do myself the favor of doing everything I can to stop thinking about it. And that's how awful that is. So uh, my heart goes out to them, uh, the fam- everyone involved, the family, and uh, I hope uh, that uh, the person who passed uh, rests in peace. Man,
0: yeah, somber notes. Word up, man. Blessings uh, be. There's really nothing else to say on that. So we're going to end the show there. Uh, we thank you all for listening. That's uh, Sports CounterPoints right. Podcast, January 9, 2020. Thanks.